fun. Hey guys, coffee with three, coffee with pops number three. Um, we're sorry last week we couldn't make it. Um, we all had crazy busy schedules and the rookie wanted to work, so we just thought that we would come and bring you part three. So, how you doing, pops? All right, I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Man, I tell you, God is so good to us to even allow us to have arrows and, you know, arrows. Our kids are our arrows, man. You know, when you think about kids, you know, and arrows, you know what I mean? You know, raising them up, you know, you the one that holds the bow and you fire them. If you raise them up in the fear and adoration of the Lord, those arrows goes into the, to the nations of the world. So I'm just saying, man, I'm excited to be a father, man. Father to natural children and, and spiritual children, you know what I mean? Those arrows going into the nations, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So I just want to say happy Father's Day, man. Yeah, so how was your week? Man, my week was great. I've been, I was in Minnesota, had a great opportunity, divine appointments. Man, I got to hang out with my best friend, the Holy Spirit, man. He, he really began to bless me, he began to open up my eyes to a lot of things, you know? church we're always looking for you know oh you know when something go wrong they always look into a natural man for the solution it's not a gun problem you know it's not a church it's a church problem you know we always talk about that but we'll, we'll go in depth on that it's a church problem it's not a gun problem it's it's a sin problem but I'm not saying you know the sin problem when the church wake up and be do its part that's when life began to change. Now, I mean, we need to begin to wake up, church. The issues that's in the world is not because of guns and violence. I mean, Satan think he running things. It's time for the church to get up. Yeah. Hey, pull on your big boy pants. That's good. <laughs> so what, is, what was one thing that if you could take away from um, your experience in Minnesota this week, uh, what was one thing that stood out the most? You know, you were there for what, five days? Five days, five yeah. is the number of degrees. So. I'm just believing accelerated grace in our life and ministry. God allowed me to minister to a lot of people. One day I got up in the morning time and just began, because I was on the top floor. So I got to look over Minnesota and I began to pray for Minnesota. That's awesome. I say, Lord, raise up sons and daughters in Minnesota. Raise up a generation of believers that's hungry and thirsty after you. Lord, I pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit would rest, rule, and abide in Minnesota. I pray that the word of God had free course in Minnesota. It's a liberal state, but I say Minnesota belonged to the Lord. Yeah. And I believe in God that every state that I go to, God birthed in me you know, to raise up sons and daughters in every city. So I'm not just going there just to visit. Yeah. I'm going there to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, I was really, really looking at it, Chris. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we like, man, um, I, you know, you got to speak in tongue. But what's the point of speaking in tongue if you don't have no power? Yeah. You know, everybody want to speak in tongue, but no power. They have a form yeah. of godliness, but denying the power of They can't even save a gnat. Mm. You know what I mean? They can't even heal a gnat if it was sick. Yeah. You see what I mean? But they can speak in tongues. You yeah. got to speak in tongues. But the evidence, it said in Acts 1 and 8, you should receive power mm -hmm. and the Holy Ghost should yeah. come upon you. So, I mean, what's the point of speaking in tongues if you have no power? Yeah, what, the world, what the world needs to see is power. That's why they go into darkness for power, witchcraft and all this weird stuff. They feel they have a form. They feel like they have power. Darkness yeah. feel like they have power because the real power should be in the 
but should be in the church, yeah. should be in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. If we rely on the Holy Spirit, and that's what the that's what the Holy Spirit began to teach me. Okay. He said, everybody know about the Father, the Son, but they leave me out, R.C. Mm. They leave me out. They don't include me. Yeah. And I and the Holy Spirit is the most important person on earth to know, yeah. because He gonna reveal the Savior to you. And he he gonna, He's the one that's gonna fight. He gonna wanna he the one to fight. He the one that got the power. It's not just about speaking in tongues. Yeah. I'm tired of all these Pentecostal people talking about just speaking in tongues. You know, and the vision. I, I I see they had all things in common. In Acts yeah. chapter two, they had all things in common. Yeah. You know. And and there was power when they have all things. It community brings unity. Yes. When you have commune, they commune together. Mm -hmm. You commune with the Holy Spirit, it brings unity, brings love, it brings it brings so much power yeah. and they went from house to house they had all things in common mm -hmm. when was the last time you went and in, in these last few I mean years I've been alive for 45 years I don't see that in the body of Christ no I see us divided yeah yeah and there's yeah that's that's a big issue real big issue. but I, I, I feel like God's raising up uh, young and old leaders you know what I mean and when I say old I mean not Mature. Old, yeah, mature leaders, you know, that are raising up young, and the, the Father's heart is returning to the earth, you know what I mean? Right. Because I, I feel like for a period of time there was an absence of it, because, and it's kind of funny because, like, um, in the Bible when it talks about how what things are done in the spirit is done in the physical, too, right, right. you know, so when the physically, the majority of the nation was fatherless, or even, I, I mean, I'm being um, kind of safe by saying the nation right. i really mean the world you right, know when right. the world was fatherless you know right. physically there was an absent father you know right. they weren't there to meet the needs of their kids so that translated over into spiritual you know what i'm saying and when it translated over to the spiritual it hindered ministry, ministry. It, it hindered the church so i mean i feel like god is restoring that and raising up young people that have the father's heart already but also putting great mentors and leaders around them to develop it because it's cool to have it but if you're not developed right it's a waste right. of potential see and, and everybody want to be a father mm -hmm. everybody don't have the father's heart the father heart is the father of god yeah. he's taking on the heart of the father the true father mm -hmm. taking his heart and birthing sons and daughters you can't just just because they're a church member don't make them your son or your yeah. daughter and just because you're a bishop or whatever, that don't make you have the Father's heart. Yeah. And I believe that, you know, I mean, God has anointed me for such a time as this to be a father to the fathers of this generation, yeah. to be a voice in my generation, to be the um, the builder, the bridge, the bridge, the gap between yeah. one generation and the next generation, you know, um, for the kingdom of God. Yeah, and that's be funny. You know, it's funny that you said that because uh, this week, I was in uh, Atlanta, you know, and I never uh, been to Atlanta, so it was a great experience. Um, but the conference that I was actually at was called Bridging the Gap, right? And it's a bunch of apostolic leaders um, that are just the whole sole purpose. They have the um, apostolic leaders, but then they also have a group called the Future Alliance, and I have the honor of being part of the Future Alliance. So in this uh, conference, the uh, apostolic leaders were just investing in us and it was awesome because um, just to see that you know what I mean right. I know I'm blessed having you you know to guide me mentor me lead me but to also have someone else 
you know, to also impact and impart into me and to see the potential in me. Because sometimes it's, you know, you as a kid, well, this is just how I feel sometimes. It's biased, you know, right. I and mean, your dad's going to be there for you no matter what, whether it's good or bad or ugly, you know. Right. But when somebody else on the outside is willing to invest on you and say, hey, no, you really do have this. Right. I want to see you succeed. Right. Here's my number. Reach out to me if you need guidance, mentor, leadership, or you want me to come in and part in your ministry or your church. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or, hey, I'm not going to forget your name. The next time we see each other, let's get together. Like, that means a lot. You know what I mean? And it, it, it shows that, you know, because sometimes being young, doing things like this, it's like you doubt. Like, right. am I really doing this right? Hey, God, I messed up again. Am I still in the covering? Hey, God, I, 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 am I doing this right? You know, because I'm not perfect. I have all these leaders around me, but I'm still struggling on these kid things. But then <laughs> it's funny because when I, I meet with you or other mentors, they always tell me, it's like, Chris, but you are still a kid. Still a kid. You know, don't miss out on being a kid trying to be have your full-time mega church now. Right. Enjoy these moments and learn. Learn. You know, and that was the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that I learned in uh, Atlanta. I mean, and I'll share a little bit more a little bit later. Can, but, can we look yeah. at Malachi chapter 4? Yeah. Because I say this is what I believe God is doing in the earth. Because I say we have so many people trying to be fathers. You know, I don't, you know, the greatness of God and the goodness of God in my life, I don't go looking for sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. They just come to me. Because they see the heart of God, the anointing, the power, the grace, you know, that's on my life. And... They're, you know, I pray for them every morning. I, I have them in a in a journal and I lift them up before God because I have only had two spiritual fathers. John Holler and Pastor Rod Parsley have been my spiritual fathers. And everybody else has been trying to conform me to their son, but I'm already too anointed for that. I'm already too blessed. It's all about the kingdom of God. And God always, at the age of five, God became my father. When my grandfather passed away at the age of five, I didn't even know scripture. Yeah. I say, God, would you be a father? Because I didn't have a father. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a natural father. And God has been fathering me ever since. And to see the heart of the father take control of my life is just an honor. Yeah. And God would even use me to be a voice to this generation, to be a part of the move. And I, I believe when you catch the father's heart, that's what's going to bring. Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men yeah. unto thee. So when you catch the heart of the father, you see, it's not about you anymore. Yeah. You see what I mean? That's good. It's not about your denomination. It's not about your ministry. It's not about anything. It's about lifting Jesus up, pointing the world to Jesus. Yeah. And that's the Father's heart. You yeah. see, because God gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah. And that everlasting life is the Father's heart. Yeah. So when you have the Father's heart, you're pointing everybody to Jesus. Yeah. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're pointing everybody to Jesus. And God is working that out, you know? Because that's what that's gonna bring revival. Everybody yeah. say, hey, we want revival. We don't need revival, we just need Jesus. Yeah. You see what I mean? We need to lift up Jesus. We don't need to lift up our denomination, our titles, um, our church, or nothing. What we need to do is lift up Jesus. Because yeah. he said, if I be lifted up, that means in your worship, in your praise, representing him in everything that you do. Acts 17 28 saying in him, I live and move and have my being. I can't live outside of that. I can't exist outside of it. Just like a fish can't live outside of water. I can't live outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You see what I mean? Because when I begin to hang out with the Holy Spirit, what is he doing? He revealing more of Jesus to me. Exactly. So I'm lifting up Jesus. Yep. 
You see, the Bible says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby I'm sealed until the day of redemption. In mm -hmm. Ephesians 4, it said, 29, said, Let no corrupt communication come from your mouth, but that which is edifying, that will minister grace unto the hearer. Yeah. Verse 30 said, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed until the day of redemption. So the words that come out of your mouth is what grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves, and you don't even know he's gone. Hmm. You see? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself to come back. You got to return back to him. That's right. So that's why you got to repent, turn back. Holy Spirit, forgive me for grieving you. Yeah. The most Change my thinking. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important that our words line up with the word of God. Man yeah. can't live by bread alone, but by every word of seated out of the mouth of God. Stop telling people that, oh, you got to speak. But what's the point of speaking in tongues if you don't have no power? Yeah. What's Malachi chapter 4? Chapter 4. Verses. It's, let me look. Uh, yeah, you can look. I say, let me look. I say, man, I think it's chapter 10. Is that verse 10? Yeah. Verse 10. But no, that's that's really good. Um, that, uh, I really, it's kind of funny because what uh, you've been talking about lines up with. Um, see, see that? <laughs> oh, right here? <laughs> yeah. Verse 5? Start at verse 5 and okay. read it. It says. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Mm. And he shall turn and reconcile the hearts. Turn and reconcile the hearts. Uh, turn, turn and, and reconcile, reconcile the hearts mm. of the estranged fathers. All right. Estranged fathers to the ungodly children. Ungodly children. Ungodly See, children. See, that's what I'm saying, church. We, we need fathers mm -hmm. to rise up. God is turning to Elijah. Now, you know the life of Elijah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we see children, uh, you know, in the natural, we see children without fathers, but the father's hearts are turning back to their children. Yes. The un, they say ungodly. Ungodly, yep. Ungodly. Ungodly children and the hearts of the rebellious children to the pity of their fathers, a, a reconciliation produced by repentance of the ungodly lest I come and smite the land with a curse and a ban of utter destruction. See what I mean? So this is what God is doing because God don't want to curse. So for America to see what God wants in the earth, the father's heart got to go back to the, the children. Yeah. And the children's heart got to go back to the father. Mm. And that brings unity. Brings unity. And see, that's where Satan don't want us to go. Mm -hmm. See, I mean, that's why you got you see all this crazy stuff going on in families yeah. and trying to destroy families and trying to bring entity between sons and and fathers and yeah. fathers and sons because you know he want to bring that courage he want to bring that division but God said no I'm raising up a, a great army of men and women of God to take on the heart of the father just because you say father it means origin don't be so. Um, so religious. Yeah. The word father means origin, mm -hmm. origin of existence. Yeah. God is our father, so he's our origin of existence. So when a woman marries a man, because I like you got a lot of sexist people out there, mm -hmm. but when a woman marries a man, she takes on the man's last name because that's the beginning of a new origin yeah. of existence. Yeah. That's a new foundation. So God is raising up a foundation of believers that's going to do great things for the kingdom. It's not about their ministry. It's yeah. about the kingdom vision. That's awesome. It's about the kingdom investment, yeah. kingdom power. You see what I mean? We're yeah. representing the kingdom. Yeah. But in that, uh, just touching on everything that you've been talking about today, um, one thing that stood out to me is something that uh, really encouraged me this week. And I was just looking at the fact, because you know how when we were younger, you know, all of us, 
would want to say, oh, everybody's my friend. You know what I mean? Everybody's my friend. But really researching and looking at who Jesus had around him. Right. He had 12. Right. Nine were acquaintances. Right. And three were real friends. Real friends. See, and that really, and you know what I mean, and I believe that that even goes with what you've been talking about. Right. Father, it's the order to it. Amen. Because, I mean, there's an origin, but there also has to be order to the origin, or it's it's a false origin. Right. You see what I mean? It's not per perfected. Right. So, what, one of the things that really stood out to me is, you know, Jesus had Peter, James, and John. Okay? John, Peter represents someone that would go out and fight for him. Right. No matter what, he was on his side. He was defending his character. There was nothing that anybody could tell him that would change the mindset. Okay? Then he had James. James was there to... He was simply there just to challenge him. Mm. Just to keep him on edge and ready to go. Right. Not sent, not being simple-minded, but always thinking to the next, the kingdom. Right. See what I'm right. saying? And then you had John, which was there just specifically to love him. Wow. I like Specifically that. there to love him. Right. See what I'm saying? And that just, the reason why, you know, I even wanted to share this was because of what you were saying regarding the Holy Spirit. Right. The Holy Spirit is there to fight for you. Right. God is there to show you love right. so that you can manifest love. Wow. But Jesus is there to challenge you. Challenge. Because that's why I love in um, Hebrews where it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. See, he's there to guide you, but at the same time, if this is what the top is, right. then I, that's a challenge to get to the top, right? Right. See, and then also, it, it just makes me think of um, John 14, 12, where it says, if you believe in me, you can do the works that I did in greater works. Right. See, so he's saying here, this is the minimum level right here. Right. This is what I did. But see, I was doing this on my own. Right. Out of my image. But see, now you have my image and your image. Your crafty gifts that you've been placed inside you. Right. So now you can do greater things than I did. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because I empower you with the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. The most important person in the yeah. is the Holy Spirit. In because you. it's complete. It's complete. You know what I mean? Straight order. You have, And I love that, man. You have to have somebody that is willing to fight for you. Right. You know, doing life whether it be in the marketplace, right. whether it be in ministry, whether it be in a job, work, you always have to have checks and balances. And the perfect way to have checks and balances, you gotta have someone that's willing to fight for you. Someone that's never questioned your character because they know real, they know the real you because they've walked with you 24 seven. Then you also have to have somebody that's willing to challenge you, telling you that, hey, where you're at, there's something better you can get to. Right. You know, and then you always got to have that person that t can love you and guide you in that way. You know, and I just wrote some notes. An acquaintance takes what they need, but never has anything to offer. Nothing at all. Those yeah. nine, think about it. I mean, in those nine, Judas was there. Right. Judas, all he was, he was along for the ride. Mm. He was the one that was stealing money from Jesus. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and then, take but a true friend has everything to offer but needs nothing. Mm. Everything to offer but needs nothing. Right. <laughs> I like that. You know? And this is one thing that uh, my good friend Brian McDaniels taught me. Because um, there was a time that we were together doing ministry. And it really didn't make sense to me back then but it makes sense to me back now because he taught me this he didn't say the words but just through the action and how he responded to the situation really encouraged me because 
Brian, he sat there and um, I was frustrated because I thought that I should preach. Mm. But he was preaching. Right. You know, and Brian's one of my good friends, but I thought I should preach after him or before him. But he was like, no. He didn't say no, but he said, hey, it's not your time yet. Right. And I didn't understand that. See, and this is what, um, looking back on that today, this is what it taught me. Everybody wants the platform. But until you realize you don't need the platform, you will never have it. Mm. Mm. See, and that fits in with the being a true friend and an acquaintance because it's like we always want something. Right. But when you start offering everything, that's when you start getting everything. Right. See what I'm saying? Right. In in that situation, I didn't understand that because think about it. Fast forward into now, I've gotten a lot of opportunities to preach, but who knows? Being out of order and preaching there, how that would affect me now. Right. See what I'm saying? Because right. I wanted it. I don't want it now, no. but I'm getting everything. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, so what you're saying is you got to die to your self. Self. Because I wanted it. Right. I didn't get it. It's not see about. What I'm it's not about you. It's not yeah. about you. Yeah. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom yeah. vision. But being an acquaintance, right. teaching that it's about you. Right. Being a true friend is like, hey, anything you need, you need your shoes polished. I yeah. got you. I got you. you. I'll carry your bottle. See what I'm saying? I'll be your armor bearer. Exactly. I got you covered. You see what I mean? See? And that's a that's the heart of a father. Yeah. A true father always wants their sons to go farther, sons and daughters to go farther than them. Mm -hmm. So they'll be the platform. Yeah. You see what I mean? They'll be that pioneer. They'll go through whatever they have to go through, you know, through hell and back. If they got to go through hell and back, they'll yeah. go through hell and back so, the, so their sons and daughters don't have to go through that. And every father, they don't send their children out without our support. Yeah. You see what I mean? We're raising up sons and daughters, and we don't send them out without support. We support them prayerfully, financially, in all aspects of life. Yeah. Because that's the heart of the Father. God didn't send us to the earth as a father without provision. What you have to do is get on the path that God has for you. And what that's the path good. that God has for you as a father, that's what the provision is. Yeah. You see what I mean? That's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Why? Because you understand. God understand that before he formed you in your mother's womb, he had already made provision for you in yeah. the earth. So what you have to do is find your purpose, your passion, and where you find your purpose and passion, that's where provision is. Yeah. See what I mean? Because he knew, Dad. He knew. He knew. And it, it's funny because like this oh. week. And then he'll take you to the path because he yeah. said in Ephesians, he got a path for you already ordained. Yeah. But go ahead. Please. I was going to say uh, he knew. You know what I mean? And that's something that God really put on my heart this week. And I actually got the honor of writing a sermon about right. it. And it's entitled, He Knew. And the main subject, or the main passage of scripture is how I came up with the um, sermon. I want to just read it. I'm not going to preach it right now. But, you know, I want to just read it because it really encouraged me. And after I read it, you'll it'll make a lot more sense why, if I can find the scripture. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go why you know it's entitled he knew you know what i mean and it's kind of funny because i use a, a past story of a uh, situation between you and i to uh <laughs> you know that Bentley again it's to good for me to present it the you know the sermon right. and the story that i uh told is about a certain time when uh i got in trouble at school because you know i always was a class clown right. acting out when i was younger um but this particular time, I had got, uh, in the story, I had got kicked out of class. Mm. Like, kicked off of campus for the day. That's how bad I was that day. Right. And uh, come to find out, I get home, and I'm talking. Mom comes and picks me up. I get home. You're at work. You're working late. Because I was back when you were working for Cox. 
Right. And you get home, and, and I'm thinking I got off clean, you know, like you didn't know. Because mom told me, to my knowledge, mom never told you about this. Right. Next thing you know, you walk in the uh, house and you say, Chris, come to my room. Mm. Why? Because you knew. Right. You knew. You didn't get told it. He, you already knew. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that's what it's. But I like this because it's Psalms 102, 18. Yeah, let this be the record, or let this be record for the generation yet unborn that a people yet to be created shall praise the Lord. Mm. Lord. He knew, he knew, he knew, he knew before, before that he was gonna send his son, right? And you were gonna come, you were gonna be empowered by his son, by his son, so that any situation that you go through, he knew that the results would allow you to walk back into his grace. He knew you was he knew you was gonna walk in big. Yes. He knew you was gonna triumph over circumstances. He knew you might fall, but he knew that he placed the power to get in up. you to get up. To get up. See what I'm saying? Righteous man falls seven times, but he rocked. Yeah. And get up. He again. knew. He knew. See so I just want to encourage you today that whatever you're going through, you know, we, we all struggle. We all fall short of the glory of God. But he knew you were gonna go through that situation. And he knew that he placed in you the power. He placed you around the right people to get through that, you know? So whatever you're going through, stop trying to do it on your own, you know? Find a community of friends, of believers that can encourage you when you're in that situation because he knew you were gonna go through this situation and he knew that he had a plan for you to get out of it. That's why I love Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, a plan of a good end. A good end. I mean, that's one of my friends' favorite scriptures. But, yeah, you know what I mean? And it, it, there's so many other.